2: Everything I'm doing is about putting love into form. Mm -hmm. And so if we can be pulling from that place and creating from a space where we're in a feeling of love and excitement, Mm -hmm. it's going to translate.
0: We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited you're here and you are going to love this episode. Let me just tell you why. Because I have someone on who has inspired me for quite a while. And when I say inspired, I mean, just really made my heart leap and mirrored back to me something that I knew that I wanted to do, but it scared the crap out of me. Have you ever felt that way? So (laughs) this human being truly is going to possibly shift quite a few things inside of you. So I'm going to tell you one thing before I introduce this person. This is a podcast that you're going to have to listen all the way to the end because he offers one of the most special gifts in the world that he is going to do through some of his spoken word poetry. So you do not want to miss it. Definitely stick around to hear what has inspired and shifted my life beyond anything I can tell you. Let it consume you. Close your eyes. Maybe you want to be somewhere that you can see sit down or you're walking outside in nature because it's going to rock your world. So (laughs) meet my guest, Adam Roa. He is a transformational artist who is committed to using creative energy to catalyze change on the planet. He's a modern day Renaissance man. He's constantly creating a variety of artistic projects, including conscious film, music, and spoken word poetry. On a quest to discover what it means to be an empowered man, he is known for sharing his journey with radical authenticity on his reality-based YouTube show, The Art of Choosing Love. You guys, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go watch it, as well as his amazing podcast, The Deep Dive with Adam Roa. So here we go. Adam, I'm so excited to have you in person in the flesh on the podcast.
2: When you gave me the in-person option, I said (laughs) that that gets to happen.
0: I know. I literally like, I just think that like you kind of were talking about, I do a lot of zoom, but I, Mm -hmm. when we're in person, I just feel like I tend to go with the flow even more than I would. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. There's no replacement to sharing energy in person. It's just Kind of magical, yeah. We're designed for it.
0: It is, and you know what? It's good for me because sometimes my super introvert can be like, "No, Zoom is really awesome," and mm-hmm. then, and then when I get in person, I'm like, "Yeah, that was way better."
2: I mean, if you think about it, that means that the our energy is being filtered through the energy of technology, like the frequency of technology, yeah, right. And mm-hmm. this is human to human,
0: yeah. Until they can learn, you can like press a button that like helps upgrade that energy. Then, yeah,
2: <laughs> totally. That's why I, whenever I do podcasts by Zoom, I'm holding like a crystal in my hand or something.
0: Yes. Totally. That's really funny. I have crystals downstairs on my desk and I'm typically always either playing with them or have like one over my heart or something because Mm -hmm. number one, I'm always playing with things, but whatever.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the crystals are a good thing to play with if
0: if you're going to choose
2: anything.
3: It's very
0: true. So I'm so excited that you're here because you have been kind of a... Uh, someone that I look up to on my spoken word journey or my Mm -hmm. poetry journey or whatever the hell it is that I'm doing right now. (laughs) Your own unique poetic expression. Just whatever's coming through. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always love talking to people like you because I think that there's this part of me that just, I get a mirror back to me of what is possible. So you are, I think being able to see you perform in person too has recently just been, have you ever had those moments where you see something or someone and it just like reminds you of what's possible for you.
2: That's how I started Spoken Word Poetry. Do tell, gotta gotta, gotta hear it. I went to an event in Santa Monica where it was several speakers, like 15 speakers, each getting about five, six minutes to just go up and give a brief talk. And the last speaker was a spoken word poet. And Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of spoken word poetry. I'd never seen a performance poet before. Wow. And the moment that he started, it was a lightning bolt in my system that said, you can do that. Wow. And I stood up and I went up to him afterwards and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm a filmmaker and I would love to make a film of one of your pieces of poetry or something. Thinking that my, the inspiration was that I could do it for him. Oh. And then I went home and started writing and uh, within three days had written two pieces of poetry. My first, not poems ever, but my first performance poems, my first yeah. my first like slam poetry. Mm-hmm. And the second one that I wrote within the first three days of, of starting was You Are Who You've Been Looking For, which oh is the one gosh. that just went viral, 130 million whatever views. And that's the second one I ever wrote within three days of saying, I can do that.
0: Wow. Okay. Like I literally felt that in my entire body when you said that, because I want to- I want people to understand who are listening, like how quick when you say yes and when you recognize it that I can actually come because I think majority of the world from what I hear from a lot of people is that there's so much prep time and there's so much in in their head time and there's so much just like, waiting to be good at something before they can release something. When sometimes when you recognize it and it's a yes and it's in there, it's almost like that person has just basically unlocked a part of you that was Mm -hmm. always there, but you just needed to see like an example of it. Mm -hmm. So for you, what was from the moment of, wow, I have that in me to releasing it. Was there a period of time before actually sharing it with other people?
2: No, I started, I started to, share it with my girlfriend basically Mm -hmm. when I wrote it. And then I shared it with, it's so funny because how it happened was I wrote this first poem and have, you haven't been to my spoken word poetry show, right? Permission Not to to your actual
0: show. No, I've just seen you perform at other people's. Yeah. So
2: that show has six pieces of poetry. The first two that I wrote Mm -hmm. actually make it in there. Like Mm. they, they, they came out. And if, if I were to show you the journal that they're in, they came out with very little, scribbles and rewrites. It was basically just straight through. And I wrote the first one and I read it to a group of friends and they said, yo, you should do your next one about you are who you've been looking for. I said, mm. great. And so I went home and within you know 24 hours, I, I had written it. And my the reason that I feel like that's possible mm-hmm. is because all, I believe the, the entirety of of the human experience lives in us. Mm. I believe that our DNA, you know, they, the majority of our DNA used to be called junk DNA. They're getting mm-hmm. away from that term, but uh, used to be called junk DNA, meaning they didn't know what it even did, mm. and so they kind of discarded it. But mm-hmm. that seems silly to me to think that nature made it ninety three percent or ninety seven percent of our DNA just worthless. It's yeah. doing something; mm-hmm. we just can't figure out what it's doing. <laughs> and so when I think about all the amazing humans on this planet who are doing amazing things and recognize that they're doing it without anyone knowing what 95% of them is actually even made of, Mm -hmm. then I feel as if, your ability to sing, your ability to play every instrument, your ability to do math at genius level, all of that actually lives in you. Mm. It's just whether we've created the, the keys to unlock those codes in us, whether we've created the neurological pathways in just the right way for the singing voice to come through. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that, I believe that is true. And because I believe it, whether the people listening to this, whether they go, that's not scientifically proven or whatever, great. The placebo effect is scientifically proven. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that I believe that the entirety, every potential exists in me, in my DNA, when I have that hit, you can do that. Immediately I go, great, I can, it's in here. I just mm-hmm. gotta figure out how to unlock it.
0: hmm okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So you guys, this is so exciting for me because there's so many different avenues I wanna go down with you. So when you decided to do the thing Mm -hmm. and you literally were like, that is in me and you started to write, did you know when you were writing that it was going like that it was good? Or how did you keep that channel clear without doubting yourself? Mm -hmm. How did you just keep on writing without judging it?
2: Ooh, that's a really great question. I don't know that I can say that I did. I think that one thing about me that I used to, judge myself for was I was a really late bloomer. Mm -hmm. uh, And so I don't think I hit puberty really until right before like my junior year of high school, Mm -hmm. I entered high school at 73 pounds. I was really small. Yeah. 73 pounds. I
0: was 73 pounds in like Like, second grade. Yeah.
2: Most people were. (laughs) And, and I was five feet tall, 73 pounds. And so I, overdid it. I had that needing to prove my worth so much Mm -hmm. and my value and prove that I was attractive and I was manly, all these things. And that led to arrogance, which really arrogance is just not like pretending to have self-confidence, right? Mm. And I, over the years, that arrogance shifted at some point I can't pinpoint when it was but it shifted to a place of actual confidence Mm -hmm. actual confidence that what I do whatever it is I'm stepping into music now and my belief firmly in my system is whatever music I make it may not be someone's cup of tea Mm -hmm. but it's still going to be good it's going to be dope and I think that's important I think it's important for you because I heard your your Mm -hmm. performance piece uh, in (laughs) Denver Mm -hmm. and I'd never heard someone do it quite that way mm. right? with the, the songs in there and the mm. things. And I believe that the more we can take ownership of if I'm expressing myself fully mm. in my unique way, not trying to make it fit into anything, if it's me, mm-hmm. I can trust that me is enough. Mm. I am enough. And there are going to be people who resonate with my message. There's a reason I'm on the planet and, and feeling called to do this thing. Mm -hmm. I think that where we get tripped up and start judging our writing or Mm -hmm. our our music or our singing voice or whatever is if we're comparing it to what we think it's supposed to be. Yes. We have an idea of what good sounds like
3: Mm -hmm. and
2: now we're comparing it to that. Mm -hmm. And that limits us. And this has been big for me as I've unlocked my voice more and more and stepping into singing a bit more is recognizing. I always thought I couldn't sing in large part because I was trying to sing like people with, with, perfect pitch. Ah, mm -hmm. And instead, as I've said, no, I can sing. I just need to find the way that I can sing and Mm -hmm. start playing with like a little gravel in the way I Mm -hmm. sing or whatever it is. I found things that sound really good Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: they're not perfect pitch. I'm not Mm -hmm. going to be singing in some gospel choir. Yeah. And that is part of this believing in your unique expression as being good enough.
0: I just am a Manning over here. I really am. Like I, and I, it's so funny. I when I hear you talk, I feel so much of. I just see such a mirror because now I I love music as well, and there's such a huge part of me right now that's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I want to do music, and I actually have like a surprise that's coming up at Bliss Project that's much like that. <laughs> but it's so. This is what we were talking about right before this is mm-hmm. you saying that you want to do music and you want to also perform at Burning Man. And you're like, I have no idea how this is going to happen. I really don't even know what I'm doing, but this is what I'm putting out there. And this is what I see happening. Like Mm -hmm. I can imagine right now that your vision, like you already have the vision. You can already feel it. You can see it. You can know how it's like exactly what you're going to be, like what the feeling is and what, what feeling you want to project onto people, but you don't know maybe how that's going (laughs) to, how you're going to do that yet. So I, I, I want people to understand the, the creative process because I think we're all creatives, but we we don't actually know what it looks like because it if if we're thinking the way the, we think the world works or a lot of us, it's like very linear and you need to feel, you know, you go and you get the education and then you practice it and then you, you know, you put it out in the world and get some feedback. But that's very much not how I've, I have felt about the creative process. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been more like um, nothing feels sure but it feels good for me. Like Mm -hmm. it needs to come out. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. This feels good for me, but I don't know if this is crappy or not. Here's the vision that I see. I have no idea why I'm seeing this massive vision, but I know it's for me and I'm supposed to act on it. So for you, you see that vision. you, You don't know the how. Can you share with people what it actually looks like and what it actually feels like and how you actually make it happen for you?
2: Yeah, I actually, it's funny. There's two pieces to that. One is the visioning stage that we're talking about. And one is the actual creative process. And Mm so speaking to the first part, which is this visioning stage. um, Yeah, I've set a goal that I will DJ a two hour set of mostly my own produced music uh, at Burning Man this year. And I don't know how to DJ and I (laughs) haven't produced my own dance music before. And Uh, I don't have a, I've never stayed at a theme camp at Burning Man or anything. I don't have like a a set place. I could just say, Hey, let me do this. So I have no no idea how it's going to manifest. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's going to happen just because I've decided it's going to happen. Yeah. And, the thing is that along the way, when we set a big vision, the moment that we decide that that's what's happening, our brain actually starts to put the puzzle pieces together. Mm-hmm. So I've already started thinking about, oh, I have this person and this person, and this connection. And my brain has started to do the work of putting the puzzle pieces together mm-hmm. to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And the that's where the ownership of it is so important. So many people have this in the back of their head. I want to, I want to create a music album. I want to start this app. Mm-hmm. I want to launch this business. And they don't take ownership of it. They don't actually declare it as the thing that is happening. Mm-hmm. And therefore their brain is at most, maybe 25% doing the work. Mm-hmm. But when you commit 100% saying this is happening, your brain commits 100% to it. And one of two things is going to happen. You are going to make it Happen a reality, it's going to actualize, or everything that's in the way of its actualization will show up and rise to the surface mm-hmm. because that's your subconscious and the universe saying, "Hey, here are the things you have too much self-doubt, you have, mm. uh, you're too insecure about your singing voice to make the album." Like whatever that is, will rise to the surface as saying, "Hey, here's your your learning, here's your mm. curriculum, in order to become a match to that." So that's why it's so important for people to dream big and like claim it and own it mm-hmm. um, from a practical level of just getting your brain to support you and getting mm-hmm. your reality to shift around you. And even I'll give a, another example that just popped into my head, but imagine you're at a coffee shop mm-hmm. and someone next to you speaks about how they're helping organize a, a a stage at Burning Man. If you haven't set that goal, that might be one of the things that your unconscious mind filters out and you never hear it. Mm -hmm. But if you've decided that and your unconscious knows that's what it's working towards, that definitely hits your eardrums and you process that and you have the option now to go say, "Hey." Hey, my name's Adam, et cetera, et cetera. And that mm-hmm. could be the very thing. So that's that's the visualization part that I think is really important. And then when you go into the creative process, I actually teach a course. Um, I have an online course about the creative process called mm-hmm. Unlock Your Inner Artist. Mm-hmm. And I've broken my creative process down into four steps because it's non-traditional. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that the role I believe that anything you want to create, so Lori, whatever your music project is, et cetera, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: every iteration of that, every version of that exists, Mm. right? We live what this table that's in front of us, right? It seems solid, and yet most of it is is potential energy. Most of it is empty space. Mm -hmm. And so in that empty space, what we have is infinite potentials. And so the version of your music project that flops is out there, the version of your music project that's a massive hit far beyond anything you could even imagine also exists out there. Mm-hmm. And the question becomes as you're creating, which one are you a match to? Mm-hmm. Which one are you pulling in and therefore is being expressed through you?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that that process in my opinion what an artist does is connect to a frequency of information Pull it through them, and then put it out into the world as art. Mm. And so, what we're pulling from? Are you pulling from the one that flops? Or are you pulling from the one that comes out in its highest form and creates the biggest impact?
0: Mm. Do you know when you're in each one? Like, is one definitely like, oh, I'm pulling from the version that flops right now because this feels a certain way? Or how do you how do you differentiate?
2: Well, the the biggest way that I feel I can tell for mm-hmm. myself is the actual feeling in my body, right? Um, when I've worked on poetry before, there's times where I'm working on the poetry and it feels mm-hmm. so frustrating. i ah, mm. like, oh, I can't figure out this next section or, or whatever it is. And I know that if I force myself to mm. sit there and work on it, I'm actually pulling from a place of feeling like I don't know and feeling frustrated and feeling all of these things that aren't actually what I want the piece to feel. Mm -hmm. I want to be pulling from a place where it's coming through me in a way that feels expansive and exciting and full of love. Everything Mm -hmm. I'm doing is about putting love into form. Mm -hmm. And so if we can be pulling from that place and creating from a space where we're in a feeling of love and excitement, mm-hmm. it's going to translate. It's going to to make its way out. We have been in the, the like speaker circuit and podcast interviews and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And when I interview people on my podcast, it's like, I can tell who is excited to be there. Mm -hmm. I can tell who's actually excited to say the things that they're saying versus the person who's just said them so many times Mm -hmm. that you're like, how many times has this person said it? I don't even believe them really. Totally. Um, And we feel that. And the words are the same, but the energy is different. Mm -hmm. And to think that somehow just because we write it down, that it doesn't have, it's not the same thing. Or just because we, we put it into an email that, the person's not going to also receive a frequency of Mm -hmm. that, um, I think is undervaluing how everything on this planet is frequency.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have a question around that, around when you are uh, like, this is also what you do for a living, basically. So creating. Mm -hmm. So for, okay, I'm going to use the example of when I was writing my book, because dang, there were days when I knew that I was pulling from the, what did you call it? The version that flops. (laughs) And, you know, I had great days where I was like elated and I was like, I'm the best author ever. And then the next day I'm like, I should not be doing this. Like, so I would have very up and down days. Mm-hmm. And even on some of those, other, it's crazy because I would go back and read some of the, the days where I wasn't feeling good. And there was some good stuff in there, but mm-hmm. typically I would end up kind of moving it around because it did feel that way. Like I could tell this is from a place of you need a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. So what kind of advice do you have around that for people? How do you reset yourself if you're just in this space of, you know, sometimes you have deadlines. Sometimes you have a talk that you said yes to, and you are in a shit space in your life. Like Mm -hmm. shit is going down and you are like, how do you, how, how do you know what I'm saying? (laughs)
2: Totally. The whole first season of the art of choosing love was kicked off from a breakup and then Ah. talking about sexual trauma for the very first time publicly. Mm -hmm. And like, so creating while being Mm. in an intense emotional breakdown has been like my entire last six months. So I feel totally happy to talk about that. It's one, at the highest level, I think everything is birthed in pressure. Mm. You know, life, diamonds, pearls, like everything Mm. is is birthed in pressure. Um, I love that. What's Mm. important is recognizing that pressure does not equal stress. Mm. Stress is the value we assign to the pressure, Mm. Because Mm -hmm. that pressure can be, you can assign the value of motivation to that pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so motivated because I have this speech next Mm -hmm. week and I'm excited to go into this. (laughs) And the motivation becomes excitement. Whereas the pressure, like, oh my God, I have this speech and I have so much to do. Now it becomes stress. And that Mm -hmm. stress becomes all these other emotions, right? That Mm -hmm. now you're pulling from the flop. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And... So when, when we start there and we recognize the pressure is healthy, the pressure is healthy, Yeah, the stress is optional.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, that's been hugely impactful for me. And then the, the next stage of that is recognizing that I have experienced, and I'm sure as an author, you have experienced this as well. Those moments where in an hour, you knock out so many pages where you go, whoa, that was incredible. <laughs> and then in the next day, not get as much done as Mm -hmm. that hour Mm -hmm. of just flow state. When we can get rid of the idea that the actual time spent in front of the computer or the mic or whatever it is, is, equating to the value or the efficiency Mm -hmm. when we let go of that, then what we arrive at is recognizing that actually the most efficient thing we can do is make sure we are in our highest aligned state Mm -hmm. so that we have the highest probability of entering into those flow moments and getting a whole chapter knocked out in an hour. Mm -hmm. And if you could look at it and if someone said to you, okay, I guarantee if you just spent the first four hours of your day meditating and eating really good, healthy food, going to the gym, going to yoga, getting a massage. And then you went and you worked on your book. And I could guarantee that for the next two hours, you will get as much done as if you had spent all of those hours in front of it, Mm. in front of that computer typing away. Most people would choose that. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And so few people are willing to trust that that will happen. Mm -hmm. And for me, and part of the Unlock Your Inner Artist course is recognizing. So the metaphor I use is that we're all garden hoses. Mm-hmm. And so you are tapped in wherever you get tapped into, and mm-hmm. then it flows through you. Mm. The first stage of the process is when you take that garden hose out of the shed and say, okay, we're going to do this project. You get to unkink it, mm-hmm. right? Like take the, not, no, no water flows through a bent water hose. right? And so what that looks like is actually getting the part of you that thinks, oh, I can't, I I produced an album last year of spoken word poetry to original composition. And I sat down with the producer and lead engineer on the very first day. And I said, okay, who here thinks that they can win a Grammy with this album? And neither of them raised their hand. I said, why don't you think so? Mm. And he said, I feel like I still have some learning to do to get better at my craft. And I said, okay, awesome. So we can't win a Grammy right now. If we think we can't win a Grammy right yeah. now. And so, just the part of you that thinks you're not yet equipped to win it, that's the part that we get to work on to unkink the hose so that we can be a match to that potential. And it's not about winning the Grammy, it's just about being able to create the best thing we can possibly create.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: so, unkinking the hose, getting rid of those fears and insecurities and doing the personal development work to be a match, recognizing anything that flows through you is gonna pick up all of your crap on the way through. Mm -hmm. And so the less crap you have to to get in there, like going through rusty pipes, the cleaner, the more pure that frequency will come out of you. Mm -hmm. And so unkink the hose and then step two, connect to the source connect to the tap what is the frequency and how do you actually do that cuz that's a process the the version that flops and the version that wins the grammy those are two different frequencies and how do you learn to attune to that one consistently, right? Mm -hmm. And then the third step is like turning the water on, turning the water up and making it a a massive flow. And that's a day-to-day process. When you wake up in the morning, when I wake up in the morning and I immediately open up my social media and my emails, I am in a lower vibe state than if I take an hour, Mm -hmm. meditate, journal, stretch, and do those sorts of things, make my morning Mm -hmm. smoothie or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the final one is- Spout it out, which basically means if you had a hose, you could use your thumb, you know, to spray the water. You can use a gun nozzle,
3: Mm -hmm. a
2: sprinkler or whatever. And that's how does it uniquely flow through you out into the world? Mm. And so knowing that, knowing who you are and what's unique about you, so that the idea for the album or the book, which we could both have is uniquely yours because only when it's uniquely yours, Mm -hmm. will it be in its highest potential impact because there's a reason it was given to you as, as an idea in the first place.
0: Mm. Oh, so many good things there. Um, I, I can, I can literally see moments in my life that you're explaining that I've either applied that or that's happened, or I've finally learned that and things have shifted for me. Like even way but ba- it's, it, it's like happening and we don't even realize it's kind of like happening to us. Like I'm I'm thinking mm-hmm. back when I was in the fitness world and I used to do competitions and I did not think that I could win. I was just kind of like, oh, I'm here. I'm doing this thing. I'm so proud of myself for doing this thing. Well, you don't think you can win. Guess what's going to happen? You don't ever win. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I actually shifted into visualizing and thinking that it could happen that the year that I felt it, like I felt it in my bones, like I'm like, I feel this is a possibility for me and it flipped like a light and I started winning. Like it was, I became a match I, and I felt it.
2: What was it physique?
0: It was, yeah, it was bikini and fitness and figure. Wow.
2: I didn't mm-hmm. know that about you.
0: I literally did it for four years, like four to six to, I think seven was like the most competitions I did in a year. And then on the year that it flipped for me, I became a world champion three times, like in different divisions, Like, yeah, there but that's is. the flip. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I take what you're saying because I was like, I wasn't a match. And until I worked on everything and it was nothing about the body, it was nothing about my body that I changed. Not a thing. Everything was like all internal work. It was like wanting to learn to be a teacher. It was wanting to learn how to push it out into the world in my own way, knowing that yes, we might be all like stamps of each other up there, but how are you pushing it out in your own way? So I was just sitting there going, wow, that was, it's so beautiful how that's actually like a course that we can actually learn.
2: Yeah. And it's so crazy to me how long people have been talking about mindset yeah. and believing that things are possible. You know, even just thinking grow rich to like there's my, the the law of attraction, like so much mindset coaching in in sports and in business and all of these things. And yet um it's still when like when I work with a client, the first thing I do is start to create a a map of Mm -hmm. their beliefs, essentially, and recognizing, whoa, like, let's identify five key limiting beliefs that are Mm -hmm. here and present. And the way that so many people, very highly successful people too, this is not an exception um, to people who have successful businesses or anything, but can defend their limiting beliefs. Well, here's the, here's the reason why I can't win. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm not tall enough to, okay. Can you think of anyone that's been that height that has won before? Great. Awesome. Like the, the defense, because it's, it's often really painful to give your whole being to a goal Mm -hmm. and not achieve what you wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. That is, it can be incredibly disheartening Mm -hmm. and the fear of that pain is can keep people with just creating the excuse, right? Creating the reason why it's not happening that's almost always outside of ourselves. Mm. You say, oh, I'm not tall enough. Awesome, there's nothing I can do about that. So therefore, it's not really my fault. It's not really in my control. It's okay that I'm not winning.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's okay that I'm not succeeding because I have dyslexia and I just never learned to read as well as everyone else. So I'm slower in these, you know what I mean? We can create mm-hmm. such patterns in our minds to convince ourselves why, why it's not possible to achieve what we want to achieve.
0: Mm-hmm. So for you, if, if there was, okay, so let's go there. So let's say the Burning Man thing does not happen for you, but you commit yourself for, let's even just say five years. Like you are like committed on this five-year journey that you're going to do this huge thing at Burning Man and it's just not happening. For
2: five years. (laughs) My goodness. I'm saying it's happening this year in like five months. I want to go to the other side though of like,
0: what if if it doesn't and you keep working for it? Because there are people listening who Mm -hmm. they have been committed to something, a vision that big for five years or maybe more. I know it's happened for me. <laughs> and and yet it's like it may not happen. What's the belief that you create around if it's not happening that could be empowering or that could also help open a door or cuz sometimes we can say, "Well, why isn't this happening for me? Like mm-hmm. why is this happening for other people but maybe I'm just not as Gifted or whatever that is. Like, mm-hmm. what is something that you would tell yourself if it didn't happen?
2: I can actually give you an example of something that wasn't happening for me in, okay. in the way. Uh, I moved out to LA to pursue acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pursued acting for about five years. I mean, I still have a talent manager in New York. Yeah. I would I've um the pursuit of that. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in feature films and TVs and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And it what kind of
0: acting did you like? Can I just ask, like, what did you see uh, yourself super as? Dramatic. Okay.
2: super dramatic, super okay. yeah,
0: dramatic, Absolutely, <laughs> like
2: drug addict, Amazing. like all of those things. Amazing, yep, I could, um,
0: I could see that too, by mm-hmm, the way. <laughs> yeah,
2: acting Acting saved my life. I was yeah. raised in a way where emotions weren't really safe mm. in my household. It wasn't okay to show, and shut it down. And so acting became like the release of the pressure valve. Feel all the To actually feelings. learn to mm. feel. And I was rewarded the more I felt. Wow. I was a better actor the more emotion I let yes. out. Yes. And so that was was it really saved my life and wow. so i wanted to give back in mm-hmm. that way i wanted to go into this thing that that movies and acting it was just it has held such a space in my heart and i wanted to do it because i felt like if i had that and then i was had the fame platform mm-hmm. i could use my platform to shed light on some really powerful things like homelessness and and this mm-hmm. sort of stuff and It wasn't, like I did, I booked, you know, different roles on different TV shows and and stuff like that. Never large, large parts. And every time it happened, nothing shifted internally. And Mm. I went, oh, maybe it just wasn't a large enough part. Maybe it wasn't, you know what I mean? (laughs) There's the next next thing. (laughs) And what ended up happening is I went through the most difficult year of my life and um, I like- Uh, my talent manager at the time, I literally, he became verbally abusive. Uh. And, I wanted to get out of the contract, but I had been misled in the contract negotiations and I had to print out my bank account statement and give him every dollar I had to get out of the contract. So after like five years of struggling as an actor, I was at a financial zero. I was, someone ran a stop sign and T-boned my car and I needed hip surgery and I had migraines. Like all of this stuff was was happening. This was 2013. Wow. Yeah. And um, at that time I didn't believe in spirituality. I didn't believe in, we're talking about crystals or I didn't believe in any of that stuff. Um, (laughs) And what happened was I had no money. And so I was forced to go into work. I was a personal trainer at the time. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Learning so much today. It's so great.
2: (laughs) Uh, and when I went to the gym, I had migraines. I was limping because of the yeah. hip. And I walked back out to the car and my rental car had been hit and run on the side of the road. The bumper had, and it was one week to the day of the car accident, literally the same day, a week later. Mm-hmm. And it was undrivable. and I just broke. And it was that moment in the movies where it's like the the character's just staring straight ahead and it's like, wah, wah, wah. And people are talking to them as wah, wah, wah. And you can't even hear. It was that. And- mm-hmm. What actually happened was there was an ego death experience right there. Mm -hmm. There was a a humility that entered into the space where I went for the first time in my life. I said, Mm -hmm. I don't think I know what I'm doing. In mm. this life thing. I don't think I I understand how this works because I see people who have it seem to have it figured out who are happy and who are successful and all these things. And I've thought that I have all of the skills and characteristics and traits to do it, and it's not working. Mm. And I'm I'm desperate now. Like mm. I'm I'm on my knees praying, like someone help me. Mm. And that humility in that moment of breakdown was the crack in the armor mm. that allowed the light in. Mm-hmm. And eventually led me down the path of my awakening. And from that awakening moment, now I look at where I'm at and I look at why I wanted to become an actor and the impact I wanted to make and the ability to feel. like mm. feel, And I look at what I just did with season one of The Art of Choosing Love. Mm-hmm. And I recognize I am directing and producing my own show where it's entirely about feeling your emotions and how mm-hmm. to move through that and creating impact where I get messages every single day from people all around the world mm-hmm. about either my poetry or the show saying, thank you. This is how it's helped me. A message just today from someone who said, you I was gonna commit suicide and mm-hmm. the day I was gonna do it, I saw your poem and I didn't. And like those sorts of messages and impact mm-hmm. that, are, that are coming out, I recognize I'm living the dream Mm -hmm. that I set when I first moved out to LA to become an actor, it just looks completely differently. And in order for that, for me to be here, because I would choose where I'm at right now over being in those feature films any day of the week. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to go into feature films and I'm letting everyone know I will be, and that Mm -hmm. will happen. And it will happen on my terms Mm -hmm. in a different way, being known for something different. Mm -hmm. And, So that whole long tangent that I went on is to, to say that when people have been working so hard at something for so long and it really feels like it is not smooth, it is not effortless, it is a struggle, it doesn't seem like it's working out, my advice is to look at the why underneath it. What has really been driving that? Because often what can happen is we can put the blinders on and say the way that I can get what I want, the only way is this. Mm -hmm. And then we shut down the potentiality of achieving our dreams of, of the why that could come in ways that are entirely unexpected. and. Often, then it can become an ego thing too. I've poured $300,000 into this business Mm -hmm. over the last three years, and I am not letting, not saying that it's done. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And now it becomes ego, Mm -hmm. right? And ego is actually the reason, the thing that's driving that and disconnect from the actual why that started the dream in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I believe fully that working hard, like I've never worked harder in my life than I did over the last six months, and it hasn't felt like work most of the time. Mm -hmm. It's felt in flow most of the time. And I know that when it doesn't feel like that, it's because something is off. And whenever that happens, I go back into my process, whether it's a plant medicine ceremony, whether it's a mentorship, whether at the end of the year, I took a week and just went into silence on an island in Thailand and just spent it by myself. And whatever I feel called to do, I make those pivots and those adjustments because I recognize there is, again, an infinite potential. There is a version of this that doesn't have to feel so hard. Mm. And am I pulling from that place? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think life is going to is is going to do that for everybody? Do you think it's going to keep on either giving you a message or shutting you down or you know, getting your cars ran into or in my case, stolen over and over? Like, do you think life is going to give you messages like that? And for someone who's maybe getting them right now, how can you look at it in more of an empowering way than a this is happening to me way?
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a a really great question because in many ways i find that to be almost like the secret to happiness
3: mm.
2: right is can i see this event that happened and see how it's happening for me not to me mm-hmm. and that is not always easy yeah and i believe it to be true i mm-hmm. believe it's happening for us and what i would say for people if you're experiencing a series of what seems like life falling apart around Mm -hmm. you, which was my 2013.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: It was told to me by someone that that's a hollowing out period. Mm. And what it means is that you're on the, you're at the end of a chapter and you're starting a new one. Mm. And there's this quote, and I don't know where it's from, but, um, you can't start the next chapter until you're done reading the last one. Mm. And so for me, I was so hell-bent on holding on to my last chapter of what I thought I was in and how it had to go, that turning the page to this next chapter wasn't even an option, mm. and it had to become so difficult because the more tightly I held on to the, mm. this, that old chapter, the more violently it had to be ripped out of <sighs> my cold, dead hands. So
0: you're <laughs> so articulate, like you're this is so beautiful. Okay, go. go. <laughs> Thank you,
2: and. Um, Yeah. So my suggestion for for people in that is to say, okay, this is clearly a mess. I feel it's not coincidence anymore. Mm -hmm. It's very clear that I'm getting these messages and these things are happening and it's so hard. Great. Let's take a real good long look at what you are absolutely refusing to let go of. Mm. Where are you not allowing your awareness to shift and look in a different direction? Mm -hmm. and say, maybe I can let go of my identity a little bit, Mm -hmm. have a bit of an ego death and say, what is is being asked of me here? Mm -hmm. Instead of forcing my way into this, what is being asked of me? What's being shown to me? Mm -hmm. And when we start to look at these events as signs, as guidance, Mm -hmm. instead of as tragedy, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: it opens up are even our brain to start to put those pieces together, bringing this back to what I was saying before, when my, st- if my car gets stolen or I get in a car accident, I say, okay, great. How is this happening for me? Mm. The moment I even entertain that idea, my brain starts to see the ways it could be mm. instead of this is happening to me and my brain is showing me all the reasons why I'm a victim.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Man, I, I think that that, everything that you just said is really the, the, the key that i found along with why is it happening for me but um really looking at what life is showing you and how you're feeling is is in letting your identities die because it's so easy to be like no i'm not attached to that and not realize that you're actually really <laughs> attached to something super attached to Oh it. my god i'm like actually okay so i think that that's such an important thing for everyone to do no matter where you are in life no matter where you are in your career because it's like I feel like if I'm doing it right, I'm going to be so many different people and experience so many different things quite often. Like almost, I find like, I feel like I'm a very different person every single year. And I kind of want to make sure that my life is, you know, supporting me in that way to become this new version of who I'm stepping into. And it's scary.
2: So now you're, you're stepping into your creative yeah. Yeah. That's Is that accurate? Like this yes. year you're stepping into your creative yeah. more. Mm-hmm. So what's an example of something you've shifted so that your life supports
0: that? Oh, I'm in a... Thank you for that question. Um, I'm in a really beautiful space, but a very tr- challenging space of... Uh, I've never said no this much and I've never observed how much of a people pleaser I am. Mm. I knew that about me, but I didn't know how rooted that is for me to... I, be afraid if people don't like me. And I know plenty of people don't like me, but this is on a on a very personal level too because it's having to say no to a lot of people that I even really enjoy and like.
2: And do you know that a lot of people don't like you or do you just assume that there's probably a lot of people who don't like you?
0: I'm assuming. Okay. <laughs> cool. I'm telling myself a story. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, uh, I'm trying to support myself in space, like give, giving myself space. And that's been, it's been really awesome. Like, because I can now see the space in my calendar, which that alone I feel like opens up a creative door. Like, mm-hmm. just even seeing space in your life, which is amazing.
2: What a lot of people don't recognize about the creative process is that most of the creative ideas that come through mm-hmm. come through in moments where you're not actively thinking about it, where, okay, we're going to get together as a team for an hour and brainstorm ideas, great. Yeah. And then we're all going to go out and do our thing, go to the gym or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then ha- like, it's still running in the background. But what happens is people are like, okay, I, we have a one hour creative meeting and then we're going to go into this meeting and this meeting and this meeting. And the moment that that one hour, that seed is planted, immediately it's moving on to the next thing and not giving it the space to be watered, mm-hmm. not giving it the space to, to blossom and grow. And so- one of the biggest things I've recognized around the creative process is what you're doing, whether you're consciously doing it or intuitively it's happening to support yourself as a creative, recognizing that there gets to be spaciousness where you get to dream. Mm
3: -hmm. Like that's what
2: creativity is, is allowing that imagination to just run. And if you think about as a kid, right, Mm -hmm. the imagination being able to run happened because there was spaciousness just to be a kid. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that you're doing that. And I, in my own life, it's a huge aspect of what I'm designing for myself mm. is creating the systems where the business runs and mm-hmm. Adam, the business owner can mm. just do his thing in the mornings and then be in creativity the rest of the time.
0: Mm, so that's a really, you're doing so many, number one, I first want to, if you could just share a little bit about all the different things that you're doing right now, because there's a lot of exciting things. Thank you.
2: Um, Yeah, I have, let's see, I coach, Mm -hmm. you know, I I work with two clients at a time. So I have that. Mm -hmm. I have my YouTube show, The Art of Choosing Love, which is, yeah, I direct and I Mm -hmm. produce and all the things.
0: Tell me a little bit more about that.
2: Well, The Art of Choosing Love is a conscious reality show based Mm -hmm. in personal development of my life. Mm -hmm. And its ethos is really about showing people that choosing love is cool and Mm -hmm. fun and sexy. Mm -hmm. And that what does it actually look like to navigate life using love as a compass? Mm. Because I was having so many people come up to me after my spoken word poetry shows and saying, thank you so much. I've been hearing this message of, I need to love myself more or I should choose love more, but I didn't know what that meant. What does that Mm. actually look like? Yeah. And we have so many people saying, it all starts with loving yourself. Great, what does that look like? Because they don't have
0: that example. Like we don't have our parents to look at. We don't, Mm. a lot of us don't have our friends. We can't look at really media or we don't get to actually- In the day-to-day, what does that look like?
2: In a day-to-day, in the little moments, in between the big milestones, what does choosing love look like? And I recognize that where I feel my unique willingness is, is that I believe that love is embodied in me. Mm. I actually believe that in every moment, I'm choosing love to the best of my ability. And I believe it so much that I'm willing to put a camera on every moment and make nothing off limits so that, you can see what's happening in those breakdowns. You can Mm -hmm. see what's happening in the frustration. You can see and how I show up in that so that you can apply that to your own life. Mm -hmm. You can, I'm not telling you you're going to do this because how love looks for you, the loving choice in any given moment is unique to you. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you that's the loving choice or that's the loving one. You get to decide that. And it looks different for everyone, but there are some commonalities. There's a way for you to get reference points of, oh, that's what it looked like there. Awesome. And now apply it to your own life. And so that's kind of the point of why I created the show. And we're a full-time traveling production team all around the world. We, we're we leaving for Costa Rica in February, Bali in March, maybe Jordan and Lebanon in April. Wow. Like. Full blown, and so I have that show. I have my podcast, the Deep Dive, and I have uh, my spoken word poetry show, Permission to Think Freely. I have my album of spoken word poetry that I tour in ceremony called Permission. I have this music career that I'm mm. I'm embarking on, mm-hmm. learning how to DJ at in order for Burning Man. Yeah, all all of those things, and meanwhile, you know, running this team of uh, I think. Not full-time, but I think we have like eight people, eight, eight people or something like that. And being the CEO of that at the same time has been pretty interesting.
0: <laughs> How do you switch modes? Because we all have to switch modes. Like from the, it, from, first of all, can we call on creativity? Like can you actually schedule it? because there, <laughs> there are times there are times there are times I'm like, dang, this might be the only day I get to sit down and write for this thing that I'm doing that I want to mm-hmm. be doing and the pressure you know can be healthy because sometimes I'd be like, well, maybe I'll just go to the beach again and get inspired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I don't have my pen with me. but can you call on it and how do you compartmentalize And now you're like, okay, now I'm putting this hat on so what what do your weeks look like when you're doing that? That's a lot of stuff.
2: Well, I can tell you what I'm designing. right now. How about that? Because I've been figuring it out and I don't feel like I'm an expert. I can tell you what I feel like is most conducive to me from experience now and how I'm setting it up, which is I will be checking my email twice a day.
0: Okay. I will Mm -hmm. check my
2: email in the morning and I will check my email in the evening. Mm -hmm. And so um, I will also check our project management software, uh, Asana, and go in there. And every morning- I will get in there. So what I know is my mornings, I know for myself, I'm more productive in that logical, linear, analytical mind in the mornings. Yeah. That's just me. I wake up and I'm like, whoa, and I got like Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And so I want to design it where by 11 uh, a.m., 12 at the latest, I'm done with emails, project management all of the logistics, I'm done with that. Then after, by the way, that's after my morning practice of meditation mm. and stretching and stuff. Uh, then let's say ideally 11 a.m. to two or three, that's when I'm in my social, let's do podcasts, let's do mm. a meetings, lunch meetings, that sort of thing, because I'm in that daytime good energy. Yeah. Phone calls, podcasts, etc. between that time. By 3 p.m. each and every day, I am shutting off. Mm. All of that and being creative. That mm. means playing music, writing poetry, reading books, mm. like whatever that looks like for me. I will check my email one more time at the end of the day in case there's anything that's important that I want to move forward in the night because there's so many different time zones and my COO is in, in London and like mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And I've set it up where, where there's it's gonna go through two filters. Any email that comes in goes through two filters before it ever gets to me. Mm -hmm. So I know that the emails I'm dealing with in the morning and the evening are important. Mm -hmm. And if anyone needs something in a shorter time window than 24 hours, they need to call me. Mm -hmm. And so like I'm designing that because what that does is allow me not to, what I recognize I was doing was throughout the entire day, I was thinking I should check my email in case there's something. Cause not knowing what's important or what's not important at any moment, something important could come in and, It was taking bandwidth up. It was keeping me in this CEO role Mm -hmm. and not being able to fully release into artist creative. Mm -hmm. And by setting this goal for the Burning Man DJ set and creating that amount of music in that window of time, I get to prioritize it. It's Mm -hmm. forcing my hand to prioritize it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I'm not gonna be able to execute. It's not gonna happen. And the entire world is gonna see that. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, that's what I'm designing because I recognize for me, it's about being in the frequency of creativity. Mm -hmm. And so if I allow myself every day, time, if it's three to 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11 p.m., every single day, I know I'm going to be hours in creative space. Some days that might look like writing poetry. Some days it might look like playing music. Some days it might be practicing DJing. I'm not gonna be strict about that. And I know that I've created the space every day to be creative.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I think I think that's so powerful, even for people who just switching modes from parent to you know running a business or to a lot of people who need to create content as well i'm and it's just how do you structure your day to dance within all that cuz some days it's like man I feel like I need this whole day to be creative sometimes. And that's not really the truth for me, but that's what I used to think. I was like, I need days and days marked (laughs) off, which is so funny. I I did that once for the thing to write this poem. I had like, I'm not kidding you. I had like five days marked off
2: (laughs) to work on the poem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it came through in like an hour. Like, and I was like, but, but did it come okay. through in an
2: hour because you had created the spaciousness? Yeah. But, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, Did totally. that just allow your system to be like, okay, I got a time. Yeah. And then it came through. Totally. As opposed to if you, if you had known it only be an hour and you only scheduled an hour, oh, would yeah. you have gone into that? Like, okay, I have an hour. And that becomes, like we said, the pressure becomes stress. Yeah. Right.
0: I can't even tell you the level of trust though, because it's not even, I can't describe how it even really happens yet. Cause it's just like, I just have to be like, Somebody take the wheel, cause
2: <laughs> yeah, spirit driven.
0: Cause this self doesn't feel capable of of that sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's like going into another realm. Okay, I'm looking at my clock, and I could I have so this is gonna have to. I'm gonna need a part two because I really <laughs> for real like there's so much there that I'm still like left hanging a bit. Um,
2: After achieving the goal <laughs> at Burning Man of DJ, we're gonna we'll do it. Like, did it happen for Everyone real? Listening, did it? You're
0: happen? coming back, and you're mm-hmm. gonna talk about that. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so I would love to hear some of your poetry, but first of all, if are, are you still feeling good for that? Yeah, okay. always. amazing. But before you start, because I think that's a beautiful way to end, I would love, is there anything that's coming up for you that you want to share with people? Like any last words of advice around maybe putting something out or their creativity or someone who doesn't maybe believe that they are quite what they need to be yet?
2: I believe the biggest message that I am carrying with me right now in my own life by stepping into what I'm stepping into for season two is that anything is possible. Mm. I believe that everything that we see on this planet right now, that's amazing. And everything that, that we may think is, is harmful, but all of it started by someone believing it was possible. Mm. Right? Oh, we we're gonna be able to fly the Wright brothers. Like, yes, they thought it was possible and somehow then it happened the only limitation to what's actually possible for you, the listener, listening right now, the only thing that's limiting you is your own imagination. Mm. If you believe it's possible, that means that it is, there's a way that it can happen. That's why you'd think it's possible. Mm-hmm. And so- I I fully want to encourage everybody to keep dreaming. Mm -hmm. Let that imagination just pour pour out of you. Give yourself space to dream each and every night. Like Mm -hmm. allow yourself to be like, okay, it's okay that I'm not currently living the life I want to be living. Mm -hmm. It's okay that I'm not the person that I want to be yet. That's okay. And I know that what I want to be living and who I want to be is possible. And I know that I'm getting there closer and closer every single day. And I'm going to continue to dream about that. Mm -hmm. And by dreaming about that, your brain will start to put the pieces together about how to get there. And you don't need to know the how, what I fully believe is that the universe will always give you the next step. So many people don't take the next step because they're waiting to see the third and the fourth,
3: Mm -hmm. but
2: you can't even see the third and the fourth until you've taken the first and the second, because that's gonna give you the information you need to even understand those directions. Mm. And so I believe fully that if you sit and think, this is my dream life, this is what I want, it will become clear what the first step is. Mm. And then you just take that and take it one step at a time. Mm.
0: So true. It's been so true for my life. Thanks for that reminder. Yeah,
2: <laughs> so for, me, for me too.
0: I could do it over and over and still be like, but I want to. Can I get a peek at the fourth step? <laughs> I would, can I just get a hint that yeah, the fourth step isn't going to be awful? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so do you know what you want to share?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to share the poem that that went viral because it's a message that every time I say it, it's just as much for me as anyone yeah, else. I love that one. Yeah. Okay. And it's called, you are who you've been looking Mm. for. You are who you've been looking for. So stop looking for more unless you're looking in a mirror because it's about time for you to see clearly that you are who you've been looking for. And that empty feeling you got, that hole in your chest, you only got that feeling because you think you're not blessed with everything you need. You see, we live in a consumerist society, which means they need you to buy stuff. And the easiest way to sell it is to tell you you're not enough. Buy this car, you'll get girls. Buy this bra, you'll get guys. And we're seeing it so much that we start believing these lies. But the truth is, yeah, the truth is the makeup they're selling to make you feel prettier is the same makeup you buy to stop feeling shittier about this lie they keep telling you that you are not enough. And what about the movies we watch, all the shows on TV? The more I watch, the more I see. I need you to complete me. Huh. And yes, love is the answer. Love is the key. But if you can't love yourself, how can you ever love me? And loving yourself, what does that even mean? Like massages and selfies and that sort of thing? Because the more I think about it, the more it feels weird. I've always thought that self-love was something to be feared. I've been taught that arrogance is bad and vanity, it's not good. And even my bracelets are telling me to act how Jesus would. So what should I do? How should I act? I'm supposed to love myself, but how do I even do that? Well, I got a trick that I picked up from a friend who noticed that I was quick to defend her when she would say something negative about herself. She'd say, I'm so dumb. And I'd say, you're so brilliant. She'd say, I'm so weak. And I'd say, you're so resilient. And when she said, I feel ugly, and I said, you look beautiful, she asked me why I was so dutifully filling up her cup constantly and yet treating my own cup so irresponsibly. Because when I looked in the mirror, my voice was quite clear. You're ugly, you're too thin, your hairline's receding, and you got a pimple on your chin. And that was when she gave me a piece of advice that changed my life. She gave me a hug. And she said, treat yourself like someone you love. Treat yourself like someone you love. And now I had been standing, but I needed to be sitting because I couldn't believe that I had been letting myself keep forgetting that I was who I'd been looking for. And deep in my core, I knew it was time to stop looking for more until I could look through all my fear and look into a mirror and see clearly that the man looking back at me is the only one who can make me happy, and I am already enough. And I'm not any more special or unique than you. That is why I'm here to speak to you. You are already enough. And when you start to see that, you will start to be that. Your world will get brighter. Your load will get lighter. And you can see that with life. You can be a lover, not a fighter. And that life, you deserve it because you are worth it. And there's no point in letting yourself keep forgetting because no matter what you say or do, you are perfect. And so today I hope I leave you with a direction correction away from the flaws you see in your reflection. They aren't flaws to me. They are simply protection against all the doubts you have of your perfection. So start today. Take a good long look in the mirror and say, I am who I've been looking for
0: Hmm. that just like in person just I it's made me cry several times (laughs) (laughs) but it's so good thank you like I I truly want to thank you for reminding me you're one of those people and I know you've had many in your life and it's such a gift when people step into who they truly are and to your like this is what I want people to hear When you decide to step in like you have stepped in, you light someone else's flame when they have forgotten. And you are one of those people for me that just reminds me who I am.
2: Mm -hmm. Thank you. And we're
0: really awesome. Like, aren't we when we do that?
2: (laughs) I believe that we are nature. Mm -hmm. We've we've gotten this idea that we're separate from it. Like nature's Mm -hmm. out there and we're humans and we're destroying nature. Like we are human, human nature. And what lights you up what actually gets you excited to be alive Mm -hmm. is the reason you're here. Mm. Nature doesn't make mistakes. You're a part of a whole. You're a part of nature. There's a purpose for you
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and follow that highest joy, follow that highest excitement. I'm really touched that I could be that spark for people. Mm -hmm. It means a lot to me. And because what we, I think what we both recognize is to do that requires courage. Mm -hmm. It requires a willingness to take the arrows. It requires a willingness to be foolish and be seen as having failed or whatever Mm -hmm. and setting big goals and owning them. And and all of that requires courage. And I wanna remind people that you can't have courage if you don't feel fear. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: so that ability to lean into that Um, I admire in people like you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really cool because you and I have known of each other for a very Mm -hmm. long time and only in the last maybe year have really started to like get in person and and meet each other and talk and drop in more and more. And it doesn't surprise me at all that it's as both of us have stepped more into our creatorship and Mm -hmm. ownership of that aspect of ourselves. So I'm really... Mm -hmm honored and humbled and excited to be continual fuel for each other's flame and direct support for you in, in your creative process in whatever way that looks like.
0: Mm, I'm so grateful for you. Like I was, this podcast for me was just like soul food. So. Mm for real. And I, I'm going to share really quick. Like you were, you were someone I was so intimidated by, so <laughs> intimidated. Oh my God. I could hardly even be around you without being like, I can't even tell him that I'm like, even thinking of stepping into what he's doing. Cause mine is so stupid. And like, <sighs> even though I knew I was supposed to do it, but it was so easy to get around someone that I thought was so bright and almost like, I almost didn't want to be around you. Cause I was so mm. uncomfortable. So, and now I was just sitting here during this podcast, like, wow, the things we're afraid of are the very things that like can completely remind us of exactly where we're supposed to be. So I was so grateful to spend this hour with you and be like, damn, life is so funny and awesome.
2: <laughs> totally. And <laughs> truthfully, your 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 piece was great. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was really you. good. I, I gave you the only note that I had, which is memorize it. <laughs> I memorize still have it. it. You still haven't memorized I'm it. it. To. I'm telling you that. I am. I'm making space for it. <laughs> when you memorize it, it will change the entire yeah. experience. It will bring more of your essence out. So that for everyone who wants to do any speeches or whatever, I recommend that because it creates the space for more of your essence in the moment to come out.
0: I can definitely feel that. Like even mm-hmm. when I memorize a paragraph, I'm like, oh, that was fun. What mm-hmm. would it be like if I knew the <laughs> whole thing? Huh? Well, mm-hmm. I, I just want to acknowledge you and just say dang, I loved this podcast. Like, I'm going to listen to this again. <laughs> so a lot of fun. Thank, you. thank you for everything and just for you being you. Oh, and I always end on one last question, but I was so like into your poem, I almost forgot. So Hit me with it. you are in passing with a stranger, like 30 seconds, whether it's in an elevator or on the street and it's someone you've never met before and they look at you and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What would you say?
2: To remember that always... In all ways, you are seen, Mm. you are heard, and you are loved. Mm. If you can remember that, you'll be okay.
0: Mm. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with a friend. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone.
1: and I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works.
0: for you so join me there start your free trial at growthday.com lori.